Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 203 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we walk through the 2020 schedule and make our predictions for the season. We're joined by our friend 601, and we also introduce the Runza Reaction Line. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals. That's cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know someone who is? Hit up Monty at 402-770-3356. You're really leaning into that radio voice today, Mike. (laughs) No, I was watching. I, I don't know who the guy is, but there's a guy that calls college football games who he is the most obnoxious color commentator. Oh, I think he might be the commentator, not the color guy, but he's he's the main guy on the broadcast, and okay. he's always like, and he runs it in, in the end zone, six points. And I'm just like, <laughs> I cannot handle it. So I was kind of doing my best impression of him today. It's a it's a luxury to be able to complain about college football games that are happening. <laughs> Ball, it's in the air and it's cut. <laughs> Good <laughs> grief, man! Just give it that. a rest. You've always had a better voice for this stuff than me. You know, uh, on my new job, I am routinely asked if I'm a robot. <laughs> What? I have to make phone calls for my new job, and sometimes people think I'm a pre-recorded message. What? So here's the question. What do you say to someone to prove that you're not a robot? Because I've thought about asking that question before. Uh, I just say, oh, you know, I, I, I'm a person just like you. We're having a conversation here. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, I've thought about asking that question before, but then I'm afraid that I'll get this pre-recorded why I'm a human no. or something. And then it's like, wait, but that sounded robotic too. <laughs> Yeah, usually I say, ah, oh, yeah, I get that a lot, or that kind of thing, and we move on from there. Once it kind of breaks up that rhythm of, because the computer can only have so many pre-recorded responses, you know, so if they ask me an open-ended question, I can answer it, and then I can prove I'm a real boy. I have two kidneys. <laughs> Not everyone can say that. So, um, on that, here we are. Football, it's nearly here. Uh, there was lots of exciting games yesterday, recording on Sunday. I've got up-to-date SP Plus numbers I'm working off of. Um, practice is happening. Players are hitting. I was running around the track on Saturday morning, and someone shooed me off. They said, oh, uh, football team's coming out. You need to – are you about done? Mm. <laughs> so, I'm, you know, I'm doing my part for the team. You know, we're all just <laughs> – it's happening. We're in this thing together. We're all in this together. So, Mike, let's get to the 2020 season part three, you know, the third iteration. Mm -hmm. It's kind of funny because once upon a time, the schedule was 
front loaded or it was back loaded and we were really scared about the you know the last five of the last six games were gonna be a gauntlet and then it kind of switched up so all of the the big 10 west was up front and we were kind of like oh you know that's uh that's nice because we're we've got some stability and there's a lot of big 10 west teams breaking in new quarterbacks you know i think wisconsin iowa both come to mind right away so this is good for us and now with the third iteration of the season um, we have a little bit of the gauntlet up front with Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State in the first three of the first four games, and then we have um, Iowa, Illinois, Purdue, Minnesota on the back half. So those are all you know division games um, where they will have figured things out. You know we don't get Bob Diaco for game one like we did earlier. We get him for game seven. So that makes me a little more nervous about that game yeah. than I was previously. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, before before we walk through these these uh, these games one by one, I I kind of pulled out all of the S- SP plus rankings, pulled the Big Ten teams out, and I'm kind of breaking the teams into three tiers. Excuse me, five tiers. You've got Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin, one, five, and six in SP plus. The uh, undefeated Ohio State. Oh wait, we're all undefeated. Then you've got Minnesota and Michigan um, in the next tier. They're at fifteen and sixteen. Oh yeah, we play all four of those top four teams. And then you have a third tier where you have 26 Iowa, 30 Nebraska, 31 Indiana. Then you have a fourth tier. You're getting a little lower here. Purdue at 50, Michigan State at 51, Northwestern at 56. And then you got kind of everybody else. Illinois at 65, Maryland at 87, Rutgers at 110. Interestingly, FPI is not entirely consistent i mean they've got ohio state penn state wisconsin one five six the same way but where they've got minnesota at 15 or where sp plus has minnesota at 15 they have them all, almost double at 29 hmm. and then uh we're 30 in sp plus we're 39 in fpi and the other indiana 31 in sp plus 19 in fpi so there's you know there's some discrepancy there um, and we'll learn a lot. Northwestern, 56 SP plus, 22 FPI. What? Uh, yeah, when we get to, I pulled out the um, what FPI thinks of our winning percentages. Mm-hmm. For each game, you're going to be shocked by okay. Northwestern. All right? Sure, yeah. So with that said, let's look. Let's talk Ohio State. Okay. Ohio State, game one, this, you know, but for some really bizarre calls, could have been playing in the national championship game, Had a chance, could have had a shot to win that. They so thirteen and one. They bring back eleven starters, six on offense, five on defense, including the Heisman candidate finalist Justin Fields. FPI gives us a four point six percent chance. Yeah, but like to win. Justin, did he win the Heisman? But he no. Did they win the national championship? No and no. <laughs> what uh, What are you thinking about this game, Mike? I got it as a big fat L. I really like I like this at game one. Um, if if there's any a time in this crazy season, the COVID season, to have. Ohio State early, I mean, or to play Ohio State, you want them up front. We've seen some crazy things across college football. Tackling has been terrible as these different conferences start playing again. Tackling is terrible. Um, It's something that you have to practice and be used to. And uh, so we're going to be bad at it. Prepare yourself, fans. Uh, But hopefully Ohio State's bad at it too. Um, And, you know, I I also have it as an L. (laughs) But... You know, I I'm hopeful that it's competitive. I yeah. think yeah. I think it could be interesting. I want it to be. If we get, I want to be competitive in the second half. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be embarrassed. You don't want it to be a situation where going into halftime, you're wondering whether it's worth watching. 
when it comes yeah. back. <laughs> oh man. But you know, um, I'm trying, I am trying my darndest this year to take a realistic outlook on this season. Um, I'm not going to give Why? everything away. Um, but I, I think I'm going to do my best to reflect hopefully the, the fan base in Nebraska who has been extremely optimistic the past two years, who maybe is kind of tempering their expectations a little lowered expectations, you know, getting that going on. What, Um, what is that? That's a mad TV reference, my friend. Oh my, I did Um, not get that. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. So, um, that said, I would love to see Nebraska win like you. I want to see him competitive, but um, let's be happen. honest. The uh, the odds are stacked against us for game one. Yeah. I yeah. I just don't. There was so much snark when we got them for the for the first game, and then also you know I think Moose maybe overplayed his hand there by complaining, and it would be nice to be competitive. All right, all right. Game two, the very next week, Halloween. Um, oh, it's also at Ohio State. Game two, hosting Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin returns uh, 15 starters from their 2019 squad, six offensive, nine defensive. Um, but, you know, significantly they lose Jonathan Taylor and they lose their quarterback and they lose their leading wide receiver. So, um, and then their presumed starter. Is that right? Was Cone or was Cone? No, he was here last year. Whatever. Sorry. <laughs> he's he's out now because he's hurt. <laughs> mm. um, he's out now because he's hurt, and uh, it's a broken foot. He could come back, but uh, I don't think he's back by game two. Um, I really like our chances. FPI gives us a twelve and a half percent likelihood of victory. Mm. Um, I feel like the game against Wisconsin last year, um, our offense really came into its own. Um, there was a few, you know, a few big plays away, or you know, a few, maybe even a few small plays away. Um, from victory and uh man i i think this is i think this is the year the fact that with the screwed up schedule we get them back-to-back home games like maybe that's the magic that it takes but i'm I'm putting this down as a w in front of the cardboard cutouts okay well justin i i'm predicting a, a horror story on halloween this year are you um i'm predicting that nebraska starts the season zero and two um I know that that's not the most optimistic take, but um, I think we lose our home field advantage a little bit because there's nobody in the stands. There's a huge difference between Memorial Stadium being packed with 90,000 plus and being packed with cardboard. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, So as much as you would hope that getting to host them two years in a row gives us some kind of an advantage... Um, I think it's kind of erased by just the weirdness of what is 2020. Um, so, yeah, got an L down for Wisconsin. The ref- the fact that they had, um, according to SP Plus, there was their defense was the third best in the country last year, and they returned nine starters. I mean, yikes! Yes, yeah. that's pretty scary. Yeah, uh, but we moved the ball. We moved the ball on them. So, just. Um, just like I was saying in our conversation with 601, um, this is either a recap or a preview, depending on where we'd put it in. Um, the defense, I think, is getting is closer than people want to admit, and the offense needs to do what a Frost offense is built to do, which is score a lot of points. And only like one another touchdown or two makes this game, t- well, 
two touchdowns, I think it's a tie or we win. But last year, but one more touchdown or a couple made field goals, um, you know, better special teams. And this game is, is it's just totally different. So you know, Wisconsin loses. Uh, they lose the points. They also lose the kickoff returner who scored on us. Um, so, and that's despite, so they're returning most of these defense that we moved the ball against really well. So that's why I've, I've got it as a W. Okay. All right. All right. Whew. Got a little excited there. Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, November 7th, game three, we go to uh, Evanston, Illinois. What has been a kind of a home, home game in Chicago for Nebraskans, looking to get away and also there's just a ton of nebraskans in chicago so we play against a team that returns like the most starters of anybody in college football i think uh they return 19 starters 10 offensive nine defensive from a three and nine season last year um they bring in a transfer quarterback from indiana who beat us last year uh so we get a second shot at peyton ramsey this this one's really surprising to me. FPI gave gives us a thirty four point five percent chance of winning. I strongly disagree. Yeah, I strongly disagree too. Um, I feel like they were three and nine because they were bad, and they returned all the players that made the team bad. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I understand the value of experience in college football, but mm-hmm. like you know, maybe this is a closer. The Northwestern games are always close, but mm. I've I've got this one as a W. Yeah. I agree. I also have this as a W. I thought about joking and saying I predict 0-3 start for Nebraska, but let's be honest. It's That's just not funny. It's Well, it's not funny, and I, I cannot conceive of a future in which we do not at least assume that Nebraska is going to beat Northwestern. I mean, I don't want to get too cocky. We were that way with some other teams when we joined the Big Ten, but I think that we know our place in the Big Ten uh, landscape, and at this point we are situated – above Northwestern. Yeah. Yeah, and Northwestern they brought in uh was it is it Hunter Johnson? I can't remember his name uh this the transfer from Clemson and it, things just didn't work out for him last year. I think our conversation this summer with Eli Carp he was saying that he had some maybe it was family issues. I'm really digging back into my memory here. That was like 6 months ago. It was the spring actually. Um so anyway, that that was disappointing enough that they brought in a transfer here who is a proven commodity. Um, but you know, he's trying to figure things out in a new system, no guarantees that it works. I just, uh, you know, so you've got, this as our first victory. Um, I think, I think this is one of our best chance to get some backups in right on. All right. So next we come back home to the cardboard cutouts of Memorial stadium to host Penn state. Penn state is returning 14 starters from their 11 and two season. That's nine offensively five on defense. Um, they return a lot of talent at the skill positions offensively and offensive lines. So uh, this is a good team coming back. Uh, I believe their quarterback's coming back as well. FPI gives us a 17.4% chance, which is very specific. This is the team uh, that one of our two crossovers, we haven't played them for a while. I have this as a loss, and I can't give you much more beyond that. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we win this one. I think they're a good team. And I feel like I just don't know enough about Penn State to go much beyond that. Yeah, I'm working off of just, you know, last season, they were a good team. I expect them to be a good team this year. They're bringing a lot of starters back. So, um, yeah, I have Nebraska starting the season one and three, man. Doesn't look pretty for the first half. It doesn't. 
but, but we're being realistic. There is a light on the horizon. And that light is Illinois. Mm. November 21st. Man, it's getting cold here and we're game five. Um, Illinois returns uh, 14 starters from their six and seven season, including nine on offense, five on defense. They lose the vast majority of their rushing offense, both yards and touchdowns to graduation. Reggie Corbin's a big piece of that. Um, this was a weird game last year where we had to come from behind because we played really sloppy. Um, and then it may have been our biggest victory of the year last year when you think about this team upset Wisconsin and, and went to a bowl and we didn't. Um, I think this is a victory for Nebraska. Um, I just don't buy what Lovey's doing. I <laughs> think he's been guessing. You say that all guessing. the time, man. <laughs> you are a Lovey skeptic. Uh, you know, I love Lovey. I think he's a great guy. I don't love him. I think he's a great guy. He, t- he has good defenses, but uh, it ain't. You know, he's he's just guessing. He's been guessing all the way along. He's got a good staff. I think his special teams are awesome. But uh, it's not happening for him this year, I don't think. This is the first game that FPI gives us the advantage. 66.4%. Yeah, I think that we I, – I do not imagine us not winning a game until this point. I, I just don't see that. Um, you know, stranger things have happened at Nebraska – we have started with a worse record in recent years, but this will not be our first win, but I do have it as a win. Yeah, so they are 84th offensively and 53rd defensively in FPI, or excuse me, in SP+. Have I said what Nebraska is? Nebraska comes back with all the returning starters, and this is factoring in post-JD. We're the 17th best offense, according to SP+, 52nd defense, which is just not good enough, mm-hmm. um, but... You know, I'll take those numbers against Wisconsin or against Illinois any day of the week. Sure. So going into game six, I'm at three and two, and you're at two and three. Yep. All right. So one of the bizarre quirks of the COVID scheduling is that it works out for us to play Iowa on Thanksgiving weekend. Right now, the game is scheduled for Saturday. Also happens to be my birthday, November 28th. Mm-hmm. Um, I have every reason to expect that this will get pushed back to Friday. Yeah. Breaking news. The Iowa game has been moved to Black Friday. Huzzah. Right now, Iowa is uh, returning 12 starters from their 10-3 and season. That's 7 on offense and 5 on defense. But they're breaking a new quarterback. Um, they lose Epinesa, who I feel like from the defensive line wrecked our offense uh, yeah. a lot. He dominated us kind of in a Ndamukin Sue-esque manner. Um, so those are really big pieces. Um, Petrus is the new QB, and you know we'll know more about him. He'll, yep. he'll have things figured out. It's game six. We'll have a we'll have a better discussion leading up to yeah. that game. <laughs> yeah, a- FPI gives us a thirty six point two percent chance to win. I I look at the last two seasons and I see games decided by field goals. I see Nebraska steadily improving. Last last season. That 10-3 and three Iowa season, that was a good season. That was a good team. I just remember from our conversation with Mark Morehouse this summer, just going back through that season and all the quality wins they had and the close losses they had, um, it, was a good, it was a good team. Um, and, and they only beat us by a field goal. So I feel like this year not only do we finally beat Wisconsin for the first time in, what, six or seven seasons, that we beat Iowa for the first time in six and seven seasons. I'm with you, man. This is where my my outlook starts to improve a little bit. I think that, you know, heading late into the season, 
hopefully by year three, we can really bank on this team having a strong sense of identity, um, having a couple wins under their belt, having gone through the gauntlet that is, you know, uh, several ranked and recently uh, competitive in the conversation for, you know, the, the, the national title. We, we've got those teams out of the way, right? And so Nebraska knows themselves better and hopefully they're playing an Iowa team that uh, uh, maybe they come into the game a little cocky, assuming that they're going to beat Nebraska. But uh, this is year where we finally get their number. These next two games, the last two games of the regular season, I'm really torn about. Hmm. So December 5th at Purdue, December 12th hosting Minnesota. Really close on FPI on both of them. Purdue, we have a 52.6% chance according to FPI. Minnesota, we have a 49.9%. So, you know, close to a coin toss with both. Purdue, kind of like uh, kind of like Northwestern, they return a lot of players from a crappy season. They return 17 players, 9 offensive and 8 defensive from a 4-8 and eight season, um, including um, they, they lose their quarterback, but their quarterback, their starter, Sindelar, wasn't even playing most much of the game against us. They beat us with their third-string quarterback. I think they went through three. So, you know, it doesn't even matter. Um, but they return. Rondale Moore, who was not playing, is now back. Danny, uh, David Blau, excuse me. Um, they're going to move the ball against us, and uh, we got to find ways to not shoot ourselves in the foot. Hopefully having it at the end of the season means that our offense is plugging away and firing on all cylinders, and, you know, the defense is looking great. Who knows what Diaco's defense looks looks like? Outside of his time at Nebraska, he has a good track record with defenses. He's not been a good head coach um, at UConn, but his defense was good there. Um, so, you know, this is a really hard one to pick. And I'm going to just eh, – I'm going to call this one a win. Okay. And uh, I'll let you talk for a bit. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Diaco is like a bad penny. He always turns up. Like a bad penny, I always turn up. That's deep. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, your thoughts on the game? I, I think it's our turn to finally uh, to get rid of that penny. Just uh, mm. bring it to the bank, convert it into cash, make a deposit. And this is during a coin shortage too, so like it's good to have pennies, but you're <laughs> going to get rid of your penny. Nebraska's going cashless this fall, and I'm putting my money on a Nebraska win against Purdue. I, I am really nervous about that game being game seven instead of game one. I, I like our chances a lot on game one, especially with how bad tackling has mm. been. Um, I really like our chances in game one, although you know they have one of the more explosive offenses potentially. Purdue has been uh, surprisingly problematic for us. I think we can both agree that Purdue is more of a thorn in Nebraska's side than we expected. I would agree with that. So, yeah... Um, Minnesota, home game. That that's at Purdue, by the way. Minnesota, home, Minnesota's got their home game. They return thirteen starters from their eleven and two season. Most of them offensively, um, four on defense, nine on offense. But we're gonna have a year four defense going into that game. They lose a ton up front on defense. And when I talked to um, Ryan Burns this summer, he was all about the linebackers and the defensive backs but then i said what about the defense the defensive line he was like yeah that's another story. <laughs> so so i think that 
you know, Frost's teams hit through throughout the season. You know, they hit hard. They practice physically. It's a change from the non-bloodbath practices of the Mike Riley era. I feel like we we grow. We're growing through the season. We're playing our best football at the end. So, you know, a ton of this rides on luck, but um, we we don't know. Injury luck, that is. Mm-hmm. But you and I don't have that benefit of knowing how that's going to work out. Um, I kind of want to just be a homer and pick a, a win. So are you? Uh, playing in December could be awful. Um, and Minnesota is going to be, you know, more accustomed to frigid weather. Man, but if I say a win, that's six and two. Woo! Yeah, okay, I'll do it. You're gonna do it. You're saying six yeah. and two. Six and six and two. Ending the game on a on a uh, four game winning streak. Ending the season on four game winning streak. Well, it, it, here's my take. Um, think about this. In December, it's cold weather. Yeah. The the water turns to ice. We got chunks okay. of ice floating down the river. You know what sinks large ships? Icebergs. Icebergs. <laughs> We're gonna sink the boat. Okay. Oh, this is what oh, Nebraska's gonna do. We're gonna sink the boat in December. I also have Nebraska finishing the season on a four and zero run after starting one and three. So, Justin, I have Nebraska at five and three. I would love to see Nebraska, and I hope, and I'm choosing to believe that Nebraska will have its first winning record in oh years at this point. Yeah, and who knows if there's actually a bowl game this season. There will be one more game the following week, December 19th, no mm-hmm. matter what, because in addition to the the top teams in the division, um, everybody will match up against yep. uh, an opponent who's similarly situated in their division. Um, so so uh, FPI has us at 2-6. and six. Mike <laughs> has us at 5-3. and three. And here and I, I said I was be- trying to be a realist. <laughs> and I have us at 6-2. and two. Oh, that's great. That's um, wonderful. We are the football Husker football fan podcast. We are not the uh, we're not getting paid to do this. Keyword being fan. It's a fan, fan podcast. Fan folks. podcast. I don't know. I feel I feel a little sheepish about this, but you know what? We're not. Gonna, let's not advertise that number, folks. You have to. You have to have listened to have got to this point. So, <laughs> uh. please don't hang up. <laughs> please don't shut your podcast app off. It might not happen. There's no guarantees here. <laughs> but if you think six and two is ridiculous, wait till you hear our next guest. <laughs> That's wonderful. No, in all seriousness, we are excited to welcome our buddy 601 back to the show. Hadn't had 601 on in a little while. And uh, he uh, he has some really interesting things to say about looking at last season and anticipating this season. So uh, join us in welcoming 601 back to the show. We are super excited to welcome back to the show our friend 601. 601, it's been uh, it's been way too long. Welcome back. It has been too long. You guys don't want to talk to me. Oh, <laughs> you know, I'm last season, you know, I think we were talking a little bit earlier. I think the last time we had you on the show was after the Colorado game, which because you were there, mm-hmm. right? I was I there. Might, I think we might have even talked to you in the car as you were driving back or something. And, no, uh, it was. I was on the deck of. Uh, a place in Estes Park. Ah, yeah. Um, it was raining, uh, which was, was kind of perfect. Mm. Um, and because uh, it was, it, we were right off the river, uh, Fall River in Estes Park. And it was just, it was just, I was, it was one of the 
amongst a lot of games last year, frustrating. So yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it was a uh, it was kind of a season defining loss. And so, uh, sorry for not calling you back, buddy. Uh, no, you're good. Uh, it no, probably so, would. It probably was best phone, who it was just. Yeah, <laughs> it was just. It was new a. Podcast, it was. It wasn't a rough season. I mean, it was. It was a rough season. It would have just been me talking about how bad the offensive line is, and um, you know, and how they have to have to grow in their own, and especially um, Jurgens, how he's going to have to come into his own, and and he did right, and he did, and uh, he. Yeah, his potential is just through the roof right now, you know. And I'm yeah. I'm excited to see what he and the offensive line does this year with a lot more experience. Well, well, one thing I wanted to ask you about is I know I've seen on Twitter that you've been charting some of last season, and I'm curious as you worked your way through. I don't know how much of the season you worked your way through, but like, what are you uh, what are you drawing out with kind of the benefits of hindsight and knowing how the season ended and. Everything. Ideally, ideally, I like to have the games charted the week of or after the game. So, you know, um, a lot of those games I would have had charted before the season when it was over. Um, but that didn't happen for Minnesota. Um, and that didn't happen for Purdue. For some reason, that didn't happen for Maryland. Um, and it didn't happen for Iowa. I can so see how the- somebody might not be motivated to uh, <laughs> continue charting games uh, last season. So yeah, uh, I did Indiana and I did do Wisconsin because those games um, um, were uh, more on the competitive side, if you will. But Minnesota, Purdue, and for some reason Maryland, I didn't. I just didn't do anything for Maryland. Um, Maybe I was just too excited uh, to be. I was on a high note, and I was like, "This is great. This is is the greatest feeling in the world. I'm going to take this feeling and just run with it." Um, so those were the four games I hadn't done, but man, watching that Purdue game again, rough. Uh-huh. <sighs> what, what was rough about it? That game is just so frustrating. Uh, it, well, for it was the interception we got to the one, uh, oh, that yeah, ended that up by Darian Daniels. Yep. That yeah. ended up, uh, just a field goal. That's frustrating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, interception, the next drive in the red zone, uh, which is frustrating um another drive in in Purdue's territory that we punted that's frustrating um honestly i could i could i could keep going but i okay, probably yeah. should picking up picking up what you're putting down it's just there's just too many things where it just it just it, oh get into their four and then for a field goal again you know like it's just you this last year was just we were close but we needed to be better than close like we needed to finish those drives you might be uh, walking our audience through living some, you know, reliving some trauma here. <laughs> it's I had, trauma I had forgotten a lot of that, what you just oh, described. <laughs> exactly. And I had too. And it, like I said, I would not recommend rewatching that game because it would just, it's just a game that will just frustrate you. It might've been even more frustrating than watching it live. Just rewatching yeah, it. what's going to happen, knowing, knowing how much potential happen. there is all along the way and knowing that all that potential. And it, just... definitely, it definitely feels almost metaphoric for, for how the frost era has gone. Like you, you know, there's been so much opportunity, so many, you know, in the stretch, such a short time, some amazing players, some great games, some great opportunities to win some games. And, um, you know, even, even as a quick microchasm, the, la- the, the two Iowa games, you know, both, both decided mm-hmm. by a field goal at the end, you know, little things here and there, um, in a whole bunch of games and the tenor of Husker nation right now is totally different. 
Mm-hmm. There's also, you know, the games where they were close, uh, especially Wisconsin. I rewatch Wisconsin, and, you know, there's a drive where uh, we missed two field goals. We missed two field goals during that game. Did we? If we was made, so bad last year. Oh, yeah. If we made both those field goals, that game is a one-score game uh, near the end of the game. Like, we're talking about a super close game. Actually, we might have been a one-point game, if I remember correctly. But missing those field goals, you know, they weren't they weren't extra long field goals. They weren't, you know, out of range of a, a decent kicker. Um, nothing against the kickers. <laughs> That's the problem. Nothing against the, <laughs> nothing against the kickers that we had last year who got thrown into situations from being on a soccer team. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it was just rough, a rough kick. You know, you, you don't have that part of the game. It's, you see exactly what happens. You start punting in other people's territory. You're 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 not trying to get into field goal range. You're just trying to get to a point where you're scoring. You know that's you're just you got a whole different game plan when you don't have a kicker that you can trust. Um, and I guess we'll so, find out this season. But hopefully, there were some parents watching games with their kids last fall. You know, seniors in high school kind of elbowing their kids, saying, "Hey, I know you want to go somewhere else, but this school could use a kicker." <laughs> yep. So here's 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 hoping we have a decent kicker. You know, it sounds like you know, on the opposite direction of last year where we had a, a dearth of kickers. There was like no kickers on the roster except for mm-hmm. Barrett Pickering, who had some bizarre season-ending injury, and mm-hmm. and uh, and there was a couple other weird injuries, and so they just didn't have any. Now we have an abundance of kickers. I don't have the number, <laughs> of them, but there are so many walk-on <laughs> and transfer kickers. It's like it's ridiculous. I don't blame them for. <laughs> Because like it's I the said, land of game, opportunity. <laughs> Never again, you, said Scott. The way you play your game throughout the, you know, through a single game, it just changes the way you play your game. You want to go out there and think you want to score every single every single drive, and you that's the belief you have. But you get to points where you just you just can't trust your kicker. That's just that's not where you want to be. You know, that's just not where you want to be. Well, six one. A question that I kind of have for this season is um, as somebody who is not the most um, learned in terms of the X's and O's, I'd like to know what you're looking for this year beyond just a better kicking game. Like what, what would be tangible progress to you um, that may or may not always make itself apparent just by looking at the score? Like what, what types of plays did maybe we not execute very well last year that you're hoping to see them finally click this year? Here, the, here's the big thing that I'm looking for, and that is for a deep ball threat. Mm. An X that uh, Martinez or um, Luke, uh, whoever starts, um, I'm sort of on the, the, the thought that I, th- I think Martinez will start the season um, just due to uh, uh, experience, not to downplay Luke's um, talent, which is obviously there, but uh, uh, just kind of a, an experience thing. But, uh, you know, a, an X receiver that the quarterback can trust, um, that's going to be huge because we did not have that last year. I think there was maybe one, maybe two balls that Martinez um, threw out there to an X on a one-on-one situation. And I can only remember one that the X receiver uh, won, and that was against uh, um, Northern Illinois, just before the half, Northern Illinois. I remember and Martinez kind of put the ball up there for, for the receiver and he came down with it. And I, that's the only one I can remember where that happened. 
and that that's happened pretty telling. Times. Yeah, that's pretty telling when you're you're having trouble remembering that one long throw <laughs> from last season. You know that I think that speaks to the issue. That I mean, that happened numerous times with Stanley. He didn't have that problem with Stanley at all. Martinez and Stanley, they had that trust. You know, they had that that you know that whole thing. Uh, you know, you think of the 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 big pass versus Ohio State. Martinez just throws the ball up there and Stanley goes up there and gets it. You know, there's, there's numerous ones for Stanley, but one or two maybe for the X last year, which is unfortunate. And you'd really like to see an X, you know, a deep threat, not just someone who's playing slot and can be a deep threat through scheme. Um, but, you know, a deep threat just from being taken, take, being able to take advantage of a, you know, a cover one situation with a press on your X and just you know, seeing what happens, throw the ball up there, and seeing what happens. See, watch your watch your receiver win that matchup. You know, you you want to see that. You want to be able to trust that. You want to you want to have that threat so that um, you know they're not you know defenses aren't just um, crowding the uh, uh, line of scrimmage with the uh, with defenders. Um, so you can open up the the run game a little bit more. You just want to have that threat. Um, and you also want to see better pass protection in general. And I think we, uh, I shouldn't say that I think we'll have that, but I do think we will have that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be careful about what I say now. <laughs> Just yeah. like Frost who, you know, uh, this preseason has been kind of like, I got to be careful with what I say. You know, if I pause, speak positively, you guys think I'm going to, uh, thinking I'm, I'm saying that's the, this is be the best players, you know, we've ever had. <laughs> so, that's what I'm kind of looking at. I will say too, another thing, and this, what's funny is this, these are things we talked about last year at Cal Colorado. Martinez did have one pass versus Colorado where he did that, um, threw a ball up and it was picked off. And like I said, we didn't see that too often because, um, our ex just, just, just didn't win those competitions. I mean, yeah, we never, um, we, in losing Stanley Morgan, we lost someone who can go get those balls oh yeah yeah and so the hope is right omar manning is or alante brown's gonna they're gonna go get those balls oh yeah yeah, yeah. i want to see that maybe some more engaged tight ends even could go oh, yeah, and yeah, get yeah. those balls yep yep um but another thing too which is funny that uh like i said this is kind of I, i'm trying to you know I'm, I'm having flashbacks from colorado it was me talking about how we need another running back um to back up the starter uh, just because of how the system works better when you have fresh running backs throughout the whole game. Hmm. Last year was interesting because I was talking about how someone needed to come in and uh, give Mo a break, if you will. And of course, Mo ends up not playing well, half of the season um, and is no longer on the team. And then what a deal um, that was. Yep. But um, Mills comes into his own and becomes a legit starter that we can trust. Uh, but once Mo was gone, you know, we were thrown out and I've got, I've, I've got nothing but respect and uh, admiration for, um, oh, what was his name? Wandale? Wyatt. Oh, Wyatt, Missouri. No. Wandale, uh, Wandale was, is going to be exactly how he was last year, uh, playing wide receiver primarily um, and maybe taking a couple snaps at uh, running back. But um, only a couple. Not as, yeah. yeah. Not as much as we did last year. Very limited. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we need that second running back. And Wyatt Mazur, who's who who impressed me the first time I saw him in the red and white game uh, a few years ago, uh, he's got great speed, great shiftiness, but he's just, he was just too small. <laughs> and, you know, he just, yeah. 
you saw it, you know, against uh, Wisconsin. I think it was the last play uh, for us anyway against Wisconsin where he just couldn't get in the end zone. And it's I, obviously there, if there was a block that was there, um, he would have been in the end zone. But, you know, you don't – I don't know how to say this without sounding like a jerk. Say it. But you don't want to rely on someone who, who – weighs 150 pounds uh, as your second running back. Sure. I mean, I mean, you, you look at what they had at running back and what we had at running back. Oh yeah. And it's just, it's not how you win division one, big 10 football. It's, it's not how you win. Nope. And um, you know, in Wyatt, I've gotten nothing against the kid uh, played his freaking heart out and absolutely deserves the credit he does for what he's been able to do his time here in Nebraska and has always impressed me. But sometimes you just don't have the physical skills that you need to be. I think if he would have had the size of, of you know, uh, Mills or something like that, he would have he would have been a legit threat uh, as a starter here or anywhere else because he had some some decent speed and the, the shiftiness you want, you know, at mm-hmm. the running back position uh, for uh, uh, in, at the college level. So, uh, do you have a sense of what you think this team's capable of scheduling or uh, record wise? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. I usually don't even like doing um, this podcasting stuff. It's not for wusses. It's oh, it's it not. You guys, guys, you guys are put you guys are braver than I am. <laughs> what uh, I mean, if four and four, are you happy at four and four, five and five and three? Are you happy? Like what? Are I there any see... games that you feel like we have to win? If you had to put a number on happiness, <laughs> <laughs> my happiness. Is six. If we get six, I would be ecstatic with six. I'm ecstatic I'd be happy with too. Six. I'd be happy with too. six. Very happy at six, and I think we could do six. Really? Um, I think we could do eight. I mean, we could do eight. You've heard it here first, folks. Um, oh man, it took us a while, but we're finally getting a bit of Kool Aid on the podcast. <laughs> this is like the quote that we put at the front of the episode. Yep, there it is. I think we says. could do eight. Important clarification from six oh one. He contacted us after recording this segment and informed us that when he said eight wins, he was including the plus one game and a bowl game. So the cool aid has been somewhat diluted. Oh, no, we did talk again after Colorado. We did? Okay. We talked after, oh, what game was it? Because we talked before the Purdue game. And I remember telling you, we're going to go bowling. We're going to beat Purdue. Mm. No doubt about it. We'll beat Purdue. Um, which is why that game was so frustrating because there was absolutely no, there's no excuse for us losing that Purdue game. I can't tell you. (laughs) That's why we didn't bring you back. You broke our hearts. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably why. So, you know, take what I say with uh, an extreme, uh, a big grain of salt. But I think, I think that's kind of the, the catchphrase of this podcast. Like the the subtitle. (laughs) Oh, the salt unlimited. Well, the interesting thing uh, that I'd like to talk to you guys about um, is basically what uh, Lubick has been saying about how we're going to simplify what we're doing. Um, You believe him? um, Kind of. You know, do the things we're good at. Um, But I got to say, you know, we've been doing the stuff we're good at. um, And, you know, the offense has... The offense hasn't been... Let's let's be honest. The offense hasn't been the biggest problem of Scott Frost's tenure. They were good in 2018. They were decent in 2019. But you, you, there was just so much that was that was left to be desired in 2019. Um, but the things that we were, you know, our basic, 
our our core plays i would say we were pretty good at and we rely on them pretty easily and we can move on with them you know i'm thinking of the uh sort of a zone read power read dart read swing tight end arrow bubble rpo um you know your your box count plays that we've been you know relying on the last two years those are kind of our core plays that we have and build off of that whether it's a screen and go sort of our fake screen or uh just making something else look different um you know with the throwing all those change-ups and stuff and building off of those those things and trying to catch a defense off guard by them seeing that so often just kind of how we did back in the 90s when we ran triple option Mm -hmm. we throw a curve ball and and run a, a, a option pass you know that sort of thing uh, that's kind of what we do. And I'm not saying Lubick is wrong in, in saying that we need to simplify. But, you know, last year we ran a lot of new stuff. Last year we ran a lot of old school stuff. You know, hmm. we did, you know, I shared that drive, the third drive from Ohio State. That was all right. new to this right. offense, you know. Right. And they didn't really use it all that much later, right? Uh, they used a pretty good amount. You know, did we ran, you know, we ran 41 pitch. Uh, that was the first play of the season, 41 pitch, which was an old school I formation play from what we ran in the 90s. We ran that more than a few times. We actually scored on it um, a couple of times also throughout the season. Um, hmm. But other than that, yeah, it was still, you know, for that drive against Ohio State, Ohio State wasn't expecting it. They got caught off guard. And I think, I know Lubick wants to simplify, but I think that's a, that's a, that's something they gotta, they gotta kind of lean into that a little bit, just as a, you know, a nice changeup. Cause, you yeah. know, we're kind of decent at the things we do do. Yeah. And I know people are sick of the bubbles. <laughs> I, I know people sick of the bubbles, screens, and all that stuff. And what's funny is what I'm gonna do this year is do this kind of screen watch okay uh, just keep count of keep count of what how many screens we run how many of them are rpos which is most of them um but uh, you know and how much we gain from them which ones of them are, are uh successful plays and you know that sort of thing get in our average and through every week i think i want to you know do something like that just because just because the, the the bubble screens those get a bad rap they get a bad rap at by Why? the end of the season, because Iowa, because uh, our last game, our last game, it looked terrible. And here's why: Iowa gave us the edge every single time. They gave us a numbers advantage every single time because they said, "We want you guys to do this. We don't want you guys to run the ball. We're going to have you guys throw the screen." And we did because the numbers were there. We had a three on two, sometimes a four on three numbers advantage. And Iowa's defenders found a way to get through the blockers to tackle the uh the screen man every almost every single time that's why those mm. get i mean and people are probably sick of seeing it too i'm sure people in the 90s were sick of seeing the option too you know <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's our option now is that mm. so <laughs> you you said something earlier you think that the offense has not been what's let us down i i feel like I disagree with that a little bit just because I don't know if this is a popular opinion, but you know, Frost is here to win with offense and defense. Of course, defense needs to be better. You want to have an elite defense that can get stopped, but I don't think Frost plans on elite defense that can get stops. He wants a disruptive defense. that's going to get interceptions and sacks and, and then he needs to score. And I feel like too many times last year, was it Purdue or Wisconsin where we had the chances, both, maybe both games, we had the chances to score at the end. We just, they just couldn't do it. They went three and out multiple times. So, and, and there's a truth to that. And, you know, I, 
I get frustrated at Purdue because one of the big reasons is because they had the third string quarterback in and we made him look like freaking Tom Brady yeah. out there. Yeah. The whole thing was frustrating. It was frustrating not to get the score that we needed to when we're in the, within the five yard line, you got to get in the end zone. No taking, no taking field goals at that point. And everyone's frustrated at that, but yeah. especially against a team like Purdue, you just, you, you got to take advantage of it. You just, you can't, you can't do that. But man, <laughs> allowing Purdue to score with a third string quarterback. It's just, that's, I don't know. You're right. I will say you're right. Oh, we need to score when we need to score. And yeah. when we have those advantages, it needs to be taken advantage. I mean, it has to, you have to, there's no excuse. Yeah. But, and so, and, and so we didn't have the wide receivers. It took us a while. I think the offensive line took a while to gel last year. Yep. It took them a while for, I don't know if it was more of, it took a while for us to get trust with Dedrick Mills or if it was more of getting trust with the offensive line, but that just wasn't there. And, um, you know, I think dead just got better. I think dead. Do you? I think Dedrick was so in his be back kind of plow through, you know, mentality. I think he, he was a be back in the Georgia tech scheme. So he was basically just a fullback. He would just run the ball straight through as a dive and just plow through whoever he can. And there was a moment where he just was like, I can't just run like that anymore. Yeah. And he just, it just snapped to him. And then he found a way to just, um, especially during Wisconsin, you could definitely tell in Wisconsin something was different with it. the way he was seeing the field. It was shocking. The way he was, oh yeah, it was great. Yeah. And I see that from Mills going forward. Okay, uh, something clicked with him. I don't know if you know you don't point to coaching. Uh, you can point to coaching, but something clicked with him, and he got what he could do, what he was capable of, and he just he looked great. And I I look forward to watching seeing what he does in his scheme now that everything clicks for him because before um i'm not sure it 100 clicked with him mm. i think he was just trying to plow through practically everyone and anyone um that would get in his way um so well it's kind of the way i bowl exactly <laughs> <laughs> I, there's no I technique get, i just chuck get, the ball as hard as i can at the pin it's how it's how i get through pizza and uh uh and nachos is just just <laughs> get through it straight through <laughs> exactly cool <laughs> here's hoping we have a good season man yeah here's Agreed. hoping i here's hoping i'm not just being overly optimistic on the eight hey. awesome i would love it <laughs> i would too that would be i guess we'll find out right away if it's possible yeah that's we true. will find out pretty right away i'm hoping mm-hmm. that's a good comp- competitive game because man the hate for nebraska if it doesn't is gonna be huge mm. It's yeah. Keep your head on a swivel that first week, guys, because oh man, there's gonna be some Nebraska hate. People want us to fail. Oh they man, do. it's gonna be, it's gonna be different. But hey, uh, relevancy, we got it right. That's right. People <laughs> care. But nobody's cool. talking about Nebraska this much in a while. So here's hoping for, right it's for good. Like I said, yep, yep. here's hoping it's for good. But I look forward to it. Um, okay. I look forward to seeing what the O line does and how well they mesh. And I'm hoping to see, you know, Omar Manning if he's healthy. Right. Yeah. Something at this point might not be 100. percent We'll see. I'm a little worried about uh, how much we haven't really heard about him. To be honest. Oh uh, yeah. No. I, yeah. That kind of worries me, and I'm kind of a little. I'm not overly optimistic that uh, the second nobody out of the two guys have taken a strong takeover of that second spot at the running back too. Yeah, that's you know, true. That's that's something. But, you know, like I said, some of these players just come into their own. I do remember talking about how 
I'm not sure how good our quarterback situation is going to be in 2018. Then Martinez kind of just takes over and makes himself kind of a legitimate, you know, Heisman candidate for the beginning of 2019 season. Obviously that plummeted um, um, for one reason or another, but you know, he looked great. So here's hoping that we're just talking about practice. (laughs) Right. You know, and once the game turns on that, one of those guys just freaking lights it up. Cool. Well, 601, thanks for joining us again for our season preview. Nice to have you back with us, and hopefully we can talk to you again soon. Yeah, I uh, look forward to it. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. Thanks, 601. Thanks again to 601 for joining us on the podcast. Uh, Justin, we didn't really discuss this with 601 when he brought it up, but what do you think of his remarks about the quarterback battle? I... Uh, I just asked you a question, and now I'm going to be the one to answer it. I don't think it's a contest. I think, hands down, yeah. Martinez is the starter. No no question in my mind. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, it behooves the offensive staff to do everything they can to encourage a dynamic backup quarterback who's going to have to wait around a whole nother season. Uh, so, uh, you know, they totally have to say it's a tight competition, mm-hmm. and I fully expect to see them both plenty. Yeah. Um, Although, you know, I don't think there's many games this season with without any without any non-conference games, there's not a lot of opportunity for for backups to play garbage time. I don't mm-hmm. think there's hardly any garbage time this year. Yeah, that's a really good point. We don't we don't have we don't have those non-conference games to, you know, <laughs> historically put in some of our our freshmen, but uh because I mean, now we have that that redshirt rule would have come in handy, but that's kind well, of they're not counting. Well, they're not counting this season. This season doesn't count at all for, for anybody. Shooting. Oh, yeah, I didn't yeah, even know that. Yeah, that's that's a COVID thing. That's cool. Also, a COVID thing. I've only seen this through one tweet, so it might not be true. But <laughs> and I don't remember who tweeted it. But someone said, <laughs> hard hitting news here. Someone said that uh, that the win loss record won't matter for bowls if there are any bowls. Oh yeah, I think I remember seeing a little bit of chatter about that too. So you know, hopefully we can get those extra practices in, even if the FBI prediction comes through. And if wonderful. the FBI prediction does come to pass, do you think Frost is on the hot seat? No, not at all. I think people are really unhappy, but I don't think he's on the hot seat. Yeah. No, no doubt in my mind his job is secure, and it will be for a while. If anything, I think that 2020 extends it. I think there, there's... Oh, sure. You um, can't count this year for anything. That's yeah, a good point. Yeah. So people nationally, after perhaps, knock on wood, we hope this doesn't happen, but if Nebraska loses, and if it is in spectacular fashion... Um, that you might see some people saying, "Oh, Scott Frost, he might be question, he might be looking over his shoulder after this weekend's loss." But I don't think anybody in Nebraska is realistically yeah. entertaining that thought. You know what? Nobody's going to say after the last couple of weeks. I wish we had Bo Pelini back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just some of the photos of him from oh, yesterday. Just it's it's. Oh, Bo. It's like getting flashbacks. It's like, oh, I, I have seen that man with that expression on his face before. He didn't have uh, players come to – defensive players come to the post-game press conference. So mm. that's seen you that know, one. You know what, though? Like, uh, in the same way that you can't count this year against Frost, I mean, 
hopefully they're going to give Polini a chance at LSU. Because honestly, I, I want to see him do well. You know, he's he's been successful there before, and well, there's no reason to expect... Well, I want to see him do well. He's just yeah. not doing well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're the defending but, national champions. Yeah. Well, let me, let me say it this way. I expect him to do well there. I really do. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I think uh, he is just as surprised as anybody right now. <laughs> not a good look. Yeah. Well, hey... One one more thing to talk about. We teased it up at the front, and we've gotten I don't know I don't know how long this podcast is going to be. An hour? Are we an hour in? We haven't talked about it yet. Um, but this uh, this fall, well, it's last fall, we had a reaction line during the season, mm-hmm. and it was really fun to get calls from from listeners. And we had you know I think it was people from all over calling. I think we had a call from Germany. Uh, didn't we have a call from like Taiwan or something too? Um, yeah. To hear people's reactions to uh to to the games and so we're gonna do that again this year only this year we are we're adding an element it's gonna be the runs a reaction line and i have a stash of free runs a combo coupons sitting in my house from runza and we will be sending coupons out to callers who get on the show so um stay tuned we'll launch that uh, i think officially we're gonna launch that right after the Ohio State game. So <laughs> buckle up. Um, hopefully we've got some exciting stuff to hear from you all about. But um, call us and uh, leave your, your name, some contact information so we can get back in touch with you to get you your coupon. Uh, we won't include that on our show. And let us know what you're thinking. And uh, thanks to Runza for working with us. This is something we've been talking about with Runza for a little while. Yeah. And with the way the season because kind of on again, off again, they were, they were great and really flexible with us. So... Um, when there was not going to be a season, it's like, maybe we shouldn't do this now. Oh, there's a season again. We should do this now. Um, so excited to uh, to roll that out. Mike, do you have that phone number ready if people want to plug it into their phones? The phone number is 402-704-7693. that is. 402-704-7693. You can give us a call, leave a message. If you want to do it now... Uh, we might be entertained by it, but we're not going to include it in the podcast until we're asking for people to uh, leave us a message. I don't know. If it's super compelling, we might use it. Yeah, I mean, like, if you want to call and give us some kind of a diatribe on Polini and it is entertaining enough, we'll, we'll think about it. Make, make it interesting. Keep it clean. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing is um, – we did receive some calls last year that we opted not to air on the podcast, um, yeah. and we may do that again. So just remember, we are a family-friendly podcast. Don't say anything that you wouldn't say in front of your grandmother who might listen to this. That's right. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, so uh, you know. also uh, thank you to Central Nebraska Buffalo and Monty Rodeo with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Appreciate our sponsors and are excited for football season. Mm-hmm. It is time to do this, Justin. All right. Hey, go Big Red, Mike. Go Big Red. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Nebraska.